Trading Nuts, Episode 3. You're making money. You're sustainable. And when you're sustainable, you're buying time. And when you're buying time, you're gaining confidence. And when you're gaining confidence, hopefully you're remaining humble and continuing to educate yourself on how markets work and even more importantly, how you work. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to the third episode of Trading Nut. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got John Hoagland on the show. Now, it's absolutely fantastic interview with John. It's up there with my best. Um, John's got a huge history here. So Chicago Mercantile Exchange, Chicago Board of Trade, traded in the pits, um, and is now part of Top Step Trader, where he uh, teaches guys how to trade. When actually, actual fact, Top Step Trader is quite an, a unique setup. So unique, in fact, that you do need to go and check it out. And we've got a webinar running next week. I'll be there on air with John's colleague, Kevin. And um, he'll be talking to you guys about how you can basically profit the markets without opening a brokerage account. Okay, So this is like a risk-free way of getting into into trading, honing your skills. If you've got the skills that you're almost there, then this is something definitely to check out because... It does give you um, a way to basically avoid the brokers and a way to fund your account and a way to, um, I suppose, accelerate your your income from a trading point of view. Okay, so guys, it's worthwhile checking that out. Now, to check it out, um, all you need to do is go to uh, tradingnut.com forward slash top step, all one word. And uh, that'll take you to the webinar registration page. As I said, it's next Wednesday. So if you're listening to this later, just check out the link anyway. It might take you to a webinar replay. In actual fact, there definitely will be a webinar replay. And I'll try and hook that up um, for you guys there. So it's Wednesday, 26th of uh, September at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. So Work that out on your calculators, um, and as, as I said, if you can't get it there, there's going to be an on-demand replay of the webinar, so you'll be able to watch that there. Um, well worthwhile checking out. Now, John is part of the uh, Top Step Trader crew, and he's sort of like their, their head trader over there, and helps guys sort of through the process, steps them through the process. I found his interview absolutely fantastic fascinating today because it was very sort of his strategy that he uses at the moment is very aligned to what I've been doing over the last six months and it really resonated with me and it was great to hear the fact that you know what he was doing was was in line with what I was doing so it's almost like validating the fact that what I've been learning from from the likes of Andre um, has really been cutting edge stuff that that we need to I suppose focus on as, as traders and, and understand to really get a, gr- a grip on on the markets. Now, the good thing about uh, John is the fact that he trades pretty much every single instrument, um, albeit in the futures market. But crude oil, E mini, S and P, gold, and the euro. So, it doesn't matter if you're a, if you're a metals trader or a commodities 
indices or forex he pretty much covers all bases here so really good interview to, to get um get insights from with an, in fact i've got about i don't know 30 odd quotes from the interview on the show notes page so check that out search for john in the search box it's episode number three on trading up podcast and uh and you're going to get access to all those quotes from the interview. They're all timestamped, so you're going to be able to find out exactly when in the interview it is mentioned and then get a bit more context around it. Now, one of the quotes that I did resonate with, and pretty much it was half an hour ago that I really sort of hit home that this quote is quite quite um, important to note. Now, the quote goes like this. Uh, you're going to hear it in a second in the actual interview, but it's, I think it's much easier to manage your response to your emotions if you're a little longer time frame and you're a little bit less active on the mouse. Now, it resonated with me just not that long ago when I sat down to plan the day out and um, I jumped on Facebook to check some messages because I did a Facebook Live last night for my Automate My Trading um, robot uh, builders and um, I thought maybe there's some messages, jumped on there and then started scrolling on the home screen. Well, also, I thought my wife might have posted it, something because she's in the UK at the moment and so I, I couldn't see it at the top but I started scrolling and I've got to tell you, without a doubt, I was, I was sat there scrolling for about four or five minutes and I'm I'm literally saying to myself after two minutes you've got to stop you've got to stop scrolling this is a waste of time it's hooked you in and yet I'm still there doing it for another two minutes now I suppose the moral of the story here is taking that quote on board and looking at how Facebook has managed to steal four or five minutes of my life the you know this this is what happens when you're in front of a computer. You can get emotionally sucked into something. And especially when you're trading and trading those lower time frames, you really need to be in the right state. So I think that's the lesson here, guys, is how do you get in that state? Can you get yourself in that right state to trade, if, especially if you're trading lower time frames? Even if you're having a bad day on the higher time frames, how can you get yourself into that right state so that you are able to really turn off those emotions straight away and make a logical decision like, okay, I'm scrolling, stop, move on to the next thing. Okay, it's that back of the mind, the subconscious is really sucking you in there. So guys, that's the lesson from this. Now, the reason I sort of sat down there to plan the day is I just had an acupuncture appointment, got back, I've got a, uh, I've got a problem with my wrist where I was boxing, doing some uh, boxing in a gym earlier this year and, and uh, injured my wrist doing that and I don't even think I was boxing I think I was doing the press ups with the boxing gloves on and I screwed something up um, and now I've, I lost my orthotics I wear orthotics I lost that well actually somebody stole my football boots which had them in and so I've been walking around without these for about a month my hips gone my back's gone my neck's going my ankles going basically I'm falling up I feel like I'm falling apart so I, I got um, the ACC here in New Zealand which is like insurance and went to an acupuncturist, which I hadn't been, I'd only started going to them five years ago, and every time I go to them, I find that they, they well, actually, this one particular guy manages to fix whatever ailment I have, even though, and actually, these are the tips for anyone think anyone with an ailment, anyone with, like, it could be, it's mainly joint stuff, but it could be pain, it could be um, anything else that's, Sort of you think, hey, look, I've tried a whole bunch of stuff. It doesn't work. This is my tip of the day for you guys. Not trading related, but um, I just, you know, I've got this platform, so I'm going to use it to give out a bit of advice. 
So I started going to the acupuncturist about five or six years ago. Number one is um, this guy that I go to, he always says he can never fix it, right? And I suppose that's just, you know, setting expectations. It's like, I can't, I can't fix that. I've gone in with a shoulder that's been um, painful for two years. He's fixed that within three weeks with one session. A neck that's chronic neck pain after like lifting you know kids up for, for five years and I went in and he, he fixed that in one session. I literally walked out there and my neck was fixed. My wife went in there with chronic two-month uh, headache, came out five days later, disappeared, even though she'd gone to like A&E, she'd gone to, had like the strongest painkillers you could get, all of a sudden it stopped. So all I can say is it works, but there's some caveats here. One is you've got to find somebody that knows what they're doing. So this guy, his office is very small, very insignificant. There's no bells and whistles, no flash stuff, no like you know smelly things happening. He's just a guy that knows what he's doing. He sits there, he reads big, fat, chunky acupuncture books all day, every day, and um, really sort of zen, has a zen-like state about him. I've gone to some other acupuncturists. They've got the incense burning. They've got the curtains. They've got the setup. They've got the music. And it don't work. It don't work. It's, it's all just a nice experience versus these guys that, you know, so you're looking for a guy that is just, that's what he does. He does acupuncture. He knows his stuff, and, and you're going to know the, the results. Um, was there anything else I was going to mention? The other, and the, uh, and the final thing is, Make sure, you know, if they're getting you on a 10-trip ticket, uh, a 10-pass or whatever it is, or a 20-pass, saying, yeah, just here you go, here's your card, sign up for it and come back and we'll sort you out, it's probably not the one for you. You want to go and find someone else. I mean, I've literally gone to, I'd go to this guy and maybe have one, sometimes a couple of sessions, and every single time it seems to work. Okay, so guys, if you find the right person, it's going to be good for you. But that's my spiel on acupuncture. Back to trading. Let's get on with this interview. All right, guys. So we've got John Hoagland on the pod today. Now, John, how's it going over there in Chicago? Chicago, we're doing doing well. We had some really nice weather this summer. I think uh, I think everybody's been uh, very happy with the summer here in Chicago. Hopefully, things are going well by you. Yeah, things are going well over here as well in New Zealand, other side of the world. Um, we do get a lot of news from the states, which is always uh, interesting to see, especially with your your president at the moment. Um, yeah. In actual fact, that's the only the only reason I watch the news at the moment is because it, it, Donald Trump sort of as soon as he became president, I've been watching it like a sitcom every single day. Um, you'd be surprised at how much we actually get over here on this side of the world, how much interest there is in, in what's going on in the in the states. I mean, it's literally there's a piece every single night. Whether or not, I think I saw last night it was Omarosa and something happened there, right. and uh, it's just it's just a it's a massive sitcom, um, and we get to see it every day. It's brilliant. Things interesting, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. Um, right, so I wanted to. I got an email from you earlier this week, and it wasn't just a personal email; it was one one to your your members and stuff. So, so you're at Top Step Trader, and um, interesting interested in me because you, you had on there in the title um learn from paul tudor jones and tra- uh, trading coach and that, i've heard the name paul tudor jones i had to sort of remember it like go back into my emails and find out where i'd heard it from and i was like oh that's right somebody um referred me on to 
an interview that was done with him and I'd watched that on YouTube and I don't know if it's still up now, but it was like a sort of little doco where they went through his sort of life as a trader and it was, you know, shot back in the, I think, 70s or, or 80s or something. And it was really interesting and we talked about market manipulation. He probably said way too much and, and usually yeah. I heard that the, uh, the, the interview typically gets taken down um, after somebody puts it up and then, you know, a few months later somebody realises it's been put up and then pulls it back down. So, I mean, you had the, not, you didn't have him on the show um, or on your on your um, webinar or whatever it was, but you did have Brett uh, Steenbarger who was, who worked at uh, Tudor Investment Corp. Now, he was going to talk about um, how traders can capitalise on their strengths and minimise their weaknesses. So do you want to give us a quick summary of, of what he sort of went over to, to help the listeners out there? Well, yeah, it was really a fantastic interview. Uh, you know, Brett is, we call him kind of the godfather of trading psychologists. He started uh, kind of getting into the psychology of trading before it was cool. And, uh, you know, he kind of went over you know, what it takes to become a, a successful trader. You know, it's, it's you know you're always working. Your 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 practice is very deliberate. There's nothing that you're doing that doesn't have a reason for it. Um, you know, and every performance is something that you can review. So, um, you know, he he mentions that you know most traders spend time trading when they really need to spend more time on on preparation for their trading. Um, you know, he kind of mentions when he's in the interview process for hiring proprietary traders, he, he mentions, you know, everybody says that they have a, a passion for trading and, you know, he really feels as though that's, that's kind of misstated. If you have a passion for trading, you may lend towards revenge trading, over trading, those types of things. He's looking for people that have a passion for the markets. Uh-huh. Um <clears throat> So, you know, he went, goes through the setup processes, the self-preparation, the market preparation. Um, you know, you have to be um, flexible uh, and, you know, the passion to win. Usually people are, you know, relatively competitive, but with a kind of a softer underbelly, I think is kind of the way he put it. Yeah. Uh, you know, he likes the, the removal of the ego because the ego keeps you from actually listening to what the market is telling you. Uh, he does mention, you know, everybody seems to point out their weaknesses and always try to work on their weaknesses. But a, he does, you know, remind you, hey, there are there's always something good you can take out of your performance, even if it's not necessarily a good result. There's something that you did there good, and you really want to try and point those out, maximize those, and minimize your weaknesses, um, which, you know, hey, that that's great. How, how you do it, he, one of the ways he talks about it is, is a self-journal. You have to monitor yourself, your feelings, your emotions, your mental state, even your your physical state, to make sure when you do very well, are you in your peak state? Uh, if you do not do well, if there is something that you're not doing well, you know what what state of mind were you in at the time? These are all kind of woven together into the bigger picture of the performance. Wow, it is such a mindset thing, isn't it? And uh, it sounds like he's got a good grasp on it. It's, 
I think you're you're right. It's like how do you do it though? That is the thing. It's like if you're not you know um, into that sort of thing, or if you don't like, it, if you haven't got a passion for that, then it becomes awfully hard to to get yourself in that rhythm. It's really a habit and a muscle that you have to build. Um, I've actually got a mindset coach who does who helps traders, and he's 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 given me some things that I can actually use to try and get myself in in the in the right state. Um, to, to be able to trade, which is which has been quite helpful, but the the thing I find which is difficult is to actually go through the process, and that's been the hardest thing. It's like, yeah, I know what to do, but how do you actually make yourself do it? Um, so, yeah, did he have anything on that in terms of like sort of creating a habit? Well, like everything, if you want to create a habit or break a habit, it comes down to um, personal accountability. And the, and the ability to put off, um, you know, good things for the benefit of something better later. Right. It's a maturity thing, and and it's and it's an accounting thing. Anytime you want to change a habit, it has to be conscious, and there has to be accountability to it. Anytime you want to, you want to, you know, instill a good habit. Um, it, it's also going to take the same thing that you have to be conscious about it. You have to be mindful about it and you have to be accountable to it. And before long, your, you know, your bad habits can become good habits. There's, you know, there's lots of information, lots of books about it. Um, but I think in, in, in its simplest form, if you want it, you will do it. If it is important to you, you will do it. Yeah, and I think it's that that's the key thing. It's like the importance, and you know, if it is important to you, then you will do it. I think, and um, yeah, that's something I think the listeners need to take away. There is, if it's important to you, you'll do it. Right now, let's dive it back onto the actual show and get on with the questions. So that was really insightful, but I I I do want to keep this sort of under an hour. Um, So let's start off with. Like, tell us a bit about you personally, how you first got into trading, why you got attracted to it in the first place, and, and your story up to now. Okay. Well, um, I was born and raised in and around Chicago. My, my dad was a, uh, a floor trader in the grains for, for 40 years, and uh, you know, I, I started out in life kind of on a different path. I wanted to be an artist, but it wasn't too long until I figured out that, uh, that I was going to probably have to starve for my art, and I wasn't willing to do that. So I got a job on the trading floor. My dad was at the Chicago Board of Trade. So I went to the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, just another exchange down the street from each other, uh, and you know, it started as a runner. Um, runners just basically bringing orders from the phones to the pits, bringing the fills back, uh, worked my way up from there. I was a runner. I was a phone clerk. I was a deck holder, which is a kind of a, a broker's assistant. Um, and then got, you know, I, 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 that was, I went there basically in 1983. Um, I went over to the board of trade and started trading in, in, uh, in some of the grains. Um, so I had uh, a seat at, in 1989, did that for a couple of years, went back over to the Mercantile Exchange, got hired as a, at a proprietary trading firm to trade the S&Ps. So I was in the pit trading S&Ps uh, from about 1990, 91 on. Uh, I traded for a proprietary trading company. I funded my own account. 
um, I stepped up at one point and started filling orders in the S&Ps. And I was in the S&Ps from 1990 till about 2011 when I stepped out of the pit and tried to relearn what I needed to, to learn to be able to be consistent and profitable on screen. And it was about that time when we started, uh, when we started Top Step Trader. Um, I was uh, very early in the uh, beginning of Top Step Trader, and uh, I've been there ever since. So it's been my pleasure to grow as a trader on screen with literally hundreds, if not thousands of other traders working on becoming, you know, successful and, and funded traders. You know, at Top Step Trader, we we have a uh, a an evaluation, if you will, okay? It's a, a very inexpensive evaluation where you, if you are successful getting through this evaluation, we'll actually put you in a funded account. No risk capital of your own. So I think it's a great way for people to get into the business. As we know, it can be very risky and expensive. This gives them a safe place, still a little bit of skin in the game, and uh, a funded account once they once they realize a certain ability. So I'm just very happy to be here. Very happy to be here with you, and looking forward to seeing what we can what we're going to talk about. Yeah, look, um, I mean, I, I spoke to your your colleague Kevin about Top Step Trader, and it did sound like a fascinating and really unique way to get into the market and yeah, give yourself a. A bit of a, um, I suppose, a step up, and hence probably why it's called Top Step Trader. I'm not too sure, but it does it does give you that ladder <laughs> ladder to get in there. Um, yeah, uh, and you know, have you have your hands held and, and have the the finances available, which is um, which is fascinating and, and fantastic. So, um, one thing I was going to ask around your journey there, like t- to where you are today. I mean, you went from the pit to the screen. I mean, what's what's the difference there? And when you're saying that, I'm, I'm assuming you're sort of talking about the actual sort of being in the pit and placing um, trays by talking to people that you know face to face and um, or on the phone, and then on the screen you're talking about you know looking at the actual charts. Is that right? Absolutely, and it is a completely different game. Um, I think that first year when I stepped out of the pit and I started just basically trading, you know, in a simulated account to see if I could find some way to glean the information that I was able to get while standing in the pit out of the, out of the screens, out of the charts, out of the domes. Um, and it actually turned out to be more of an unlearning process, kind of letting go of the things that I was looking at in the pit, you know, in the pit when all the information, when all the orders were coming in, you could see what the banks were doing. You could tell when your immediate competitors in the pit were over long or over short. These are all, you know, ways that we can use to put ourselves in the right positions, but now those were gone. So now I have to unlearn those and learn a different way to look at things. Now, um, you know, some of the tools that I used in the chart are, I still use today, but there's less to lean on on screen. It's a, it's a much more level playing field, if you will. We can't see our competitors, so it, it's, a, it's a new way to look for ways to take advantage of when you've got them the wrong way, if you will, okay? It sounds mean, but that's the game, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 what, what do you think's 
easier? I mean, now that you've been doing sort of the, the chart stuff for for a while now. Well, really, the only thing that I think is is easier is the ease of entry into the industry. Okay, I mean, we used to we used to have to put fifty thousand dollars in a T bill with a clearing firm, and then have money to trade with on top of that, and then lease a seat or buy a seat. You know, leases were anywhere from you know five hundred to thirty five hundred dollars a month. So the barrier to entry is a little bit lower. Uh, and it's much easier just to get in and out of a trade. All it is now is point and click. But I'm not sure that that's necessarily a good thing. On the floor, it was very physical. We, you know, we had to scream and holler and jump around and wave. And, and you know, it was an effort physically to do anything. Um, on screen, it's point and click. It's seductive. It's game-like. It almost looks like a like a casino game, but it's not. It's not. And I think it lends itself to novices or even, you know, some journeymen. It lends itself to overtrading, fear of missing out. It's just so easy to get in and out. We tend to do it too often. And so from, from being in the pit to being on a chart, I mean, did you notice the emotions were different for you? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, it's much more introspective. Um, in the pit, you had, you know, uh, several hundred eyes looking at you, and you just knew that they knew if you were up or down money. They may not actually know, but just the fact that they're there looking at you kept a, a certain accountability to you. If we're all sitting in a room alone, it's you know, it's it's very easy to become emotional or upset and to step away from a trading strategy if we even have one. A lot of you know newer traders, people just getting into this, don't don't realize the fact that you know if they don't have a plan, it's going to be very difficult for them to grow at all because there's no way to review your your performance with any consistency. So. Um, where was I going with this? <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, the question was: Is it emotionally? You know, you're saying you had a hundred eyes on you, and then when you're in the pit, whereas like it was more introspective. I think when you were yeah. sitting, at, sitting at home with, with no one looking at you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just you against yourself, pretty much. And you know, as a performance coach, I talk to a lot of trainers who really wrestle with just being able to stay in a strategy, even a strategy that they, that they, you know, believe is going to be profitable over time. There's boredom. There's, 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 I think the idea that, you know, calling yourself a trader means that you have to trade. And we all know that there are going to be times when maybe we're better off not trading. So I, you know, sometimes will suggest to them just to consider themselves a risk manager over a trader. You know, if you have five hours a day with which you are supposed to be trading, well, darn it, you'd better be trading, right? Yeah. (laughs) What if you don't see anything in your strategy? Well, we're wasting time. I'm not doing anything. So I got to find something to do. And that's where I think a lot of the the trouble comes in is, well, if I'm going to be a trader, I better trade. So here we go. Yeah. Yeah, if you're sitting down to trade, you're sitting down to do something, right, as opposed to, 
you know, analyze, learn, sit there and do nothing. Be patient. Uh, it's very hard. Yes. So, so um, let's let's find out a bit more about your trading style these days. I mean, what would you call your trading style to start off with? Hmm. What would I call my trading style? Uh, well, I'm a little bit longer time frame, I think, than most day traders. Um, I'm looking for bigger opportunities, asymmetric opportunities, if you will. I like to find areas where price has been or is likely to be rejected quickly. So I am not sitting in losing trades for long, and I'm able to realize bigger profits than I than I risk on the trades. Um, you know, as far as products, I like crude oil, I like the E-mini S&P, once in a while gold, once in a while the euro, but that's really about it. I don't like to look at too many different things. I think it confuses me and confuses other people. My time frame, as I would have to say, I'm in trades anywhere from, on average, 30 minutes to five hours. And do you and actually I don't look, take trades home. Do you look at multiple time frames when you're doing your analysis? Okay. Um, I tend to focus the, the vast majority of my analysis on day session only information, the, you know, the regular U.S. trading hour information when the vast majority of participants are available to influence the marketplace. I think the information is deeper and more trustable at that period of time. Uh, I, I basically look at market profile, which is based in the 30-minute chart. All of my charts are are sitting at 30 minutes. I don't have a lot of indicators. I look at volume. I look at market profile. I look at VWAP. Cool. And and so you talked about you know you've got a good risk to reward ratio. I mean, what does that typically look like? Is it two to uh, one or what is risk to reward ratio? Or what is it? Uh, what what what's, is, mine? what's what's your typical one? So you said you know you've got a usually you've got quite a a, a low. Um, you know, stop stop out point, and then you'll let trades run for a bit. I mean, what's what's the typical one for you? Is it more one to three, or one to five, or something like that, or, or lower? Hello. Whoop! It's the backup. Here we go. Okay. Uh, risk to reward ratio. I don't even think about a trade unless I'm one to two. That's re- that's risk to reward. Uh, I I always think that, that that we've got that wrong. I like I like talking reward over risk. So it would be two to one reward over risk. Uh, I think you know overall I'm about four to one reward over risk. Um, maybe th- maybe closer to three to one reward over risk. Um, Depending on, and, and it fluctuates actually relatively volatilely according to the market state. When the markets are volatile, I'm getting bigger and bigger, you know, uh, profit targets, greater, you know, bigger reward over risk. In ranging markets, it's going to probably settle close to two to one reward over risk. So um, it really is um, dynamic and, and changes pretty drastically according to different market states. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why I keep I, I say risk to reward, and I think it's just a Kiwi thing. I really do because everyone else seems to be reward over risk when they relay it back to me. I don't know what it is, but anyway. Um, so, so uh, how many trades would you enter on a like a week or a day? 
okay, uh, on a, in, a, in any given day per product, I don't see more than two or three, maybe four decent opportunities. Uh, and, and, you know, for a lot of traders, I think they people like to trade more than that. This is just for me because I'm looking for the bigger opportunities and I'm, and I'm looking for, you know, places where the market has not been accepted and is like, or is likely to be rejected. I have to be really patient and looking for those opportunities. And, uh, you know, I, I, I deal with a lot of people in, in performance coaching and my personal performance coaching clients um, pretty much everybody starts out with a much shorter time frame than I do, but we try and get them to kind of look for the bigger picture because the, the bigger opportunities are out there. And if you can find them, you spend a lot less um, mental energy, if you will, mental capital, trying to catch every little thing. And it's going to save you on commissions as well. And, and I think it's a, it's much easier to, manage your response to your emotions if you're a little longer time frame and you're a little bit less active on the mouse yeah i think you're you're, you're right there um so so what does your typical day look like then when you're trading well um my typical day is tomorrow is going to start tonight i'm going to take a look at all you know three four markets it'll take a look at what i'm seeing in the profiles i'm going to be looking at the volume i'm going to be checking the open interest uh, I'm going to be looking at the charts. Um, I'm going to be top down, probably starting with the weekly, down to the daily, down to the hourly, down to the 30-minute chart in, in order to look for hints in where the market is headed in, in bigger time frames, where the bigger, stronger, stickier money is. And I'm going to dial down to where I think we've got our um, shorter time frame, medium even day time frame traders uh, perhaps cornered in one direction or another. If not, then I'll be patient and I'll wait for those opportunities to arise. I'm going to come up with three scenarios for each of the markets that I'm going to look at tomorrow. I'm going to look at crude, the E-mini S&P, gold, and the euro. And I'm going to be asking myself, if the market in regular trading hours tomorrow morning opens above, within, or below today's trading range, what am I going to do? What is my reaction, if any, going to be? If the market is within today's range, well, then there's very little change in the perception of value of that product, and it may tell me, okay, be patient. Better trade locations may come later on in the day. If we open outside of today's range in any of these markets, and we're close to longer time frame levels of of inflection, if you will, uh, then I may say, okay, well, this looks like an opportunity I may have to look at really early in the day, even perhaps on the open. And if this, you know, if things pan out, if this hypothesis starts to play out, I will play to that hypothesis until it proves wrong. Probably easier in range trade, than in than in directional trade, um, but that's how it starts. It starts tonight. Tomorrow morning, I'll be looking. What happened overnight? You know, did the S and P's did overnight traders move price in one direction pretty steadily throughout the night? 
if that's the case, I may be suspecting that our short time frame weak money traders from overnight may be holding long positions and they're going to be looking for help in the U.S. trading hour session to continue in that direction. If we don't, then they're probably going to look toward look to get out. And usually when some of them start to get out, they all get out. They all get out en masse. So quite often when the, mar- when the market gaps away from settlement, if we're not near any bigger important levels, that may be one of my first thoughts is, okay, our overnight longs are holding longs. If they're not going to get paid, what are they going to do? They're going to bail. And I think that's when we get those moves back down to settlement or the closing price from the previous day, just as an example. Right. So it really starts in the in the afternoon. I start putting together my scenarios. I'll check in the morning when I get up. I usually get in the office about 7 o'clock where I'll do my analysis, and then I do an analysis for a um, a uh, Facebook Live forecast that I do live on Facebook, 8.15 Central Time a.m., and we'll look at all four of those markets, and you're going to see what I'm looking at, and we're going to talk about what I'm thinking, and I'm going to give you some actionable levels or areas with which to take executions, but I'm not really going to be telling you which direction. I'm going to be looking at those levels as uh, these are levels I'm looking at, and I'm going to decide what I'm going to do when I get there. Um, so today, I mean, we had one of those kind of um, uh, settlement reversion trades in crude oil. We talked about it on the market forecast. We've reviewed it on what I what we call the market recap, which is at 2 o'clock Central Time in the afternoon here, and it's on Facebook Live again, and we talk about, hey, this is what we were looking at this morning. This is what played out. So this today we were able to talk about, hey, this reversion trade towards settlement was discussed this morning, and here's how it played out, and it played out perfectly. And I love it when a plan comes together, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. It must feel so good because you know that you've got that strategy down pat and and it works. Um, okay, cool. Look, let's let's divert slightly. And I mean, I know you you know you're obviously doing your Facebook Live, and you've got probably a bunch of people watching those and and commenting and and looking for you for advice and and views and stuff. Um, now, I'm sure somebody's asked in the past year about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin trading those. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. do you have you ever looked at the those markets? What are your thoughts? Um, I, I, I'm guessing from what you've said earlier, you don't trade them. Um, do you invest in them? Uh, yeah, just just your sort of views on cryptocurrencies. Well, I, I think it's fascinating, and being an old dog, I'm a little distrustful. Uh, I'm you know consistently learning more and more about them some of the some of my compatriots are you know starting businesses around it and uh, i think it's fascinating as a trading tool i don't like the risk um i'm i'm a bit risk averse when it comes to day trading them uh but i you know i i see the benefit of the blockchain um the thing that the thing that scares me is the government doesn't like anything they can't get their hands on. So people are making a lot of money on it. I'm not suggesting it's a bad idea. Uh, 
I'm just not, I'm just leery of it still so far. And that's just me. That's just me. I, you know, um, you know, I'm learning more about them, you know, being an old dog, it takes, takes me a little while to learn new tricks and, uh, we're going to work on that. We'll talk about that the next time. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Actually, it just reminded me that my uh, my father-in-law from England rang me up uh, or FaceTimed me last night. <laughs> he doesn't usually want to talk to me other than something to do with trading. And he's like, he does. He's not a trader, but he's like, oh, I've just seen this thing called um, uh, Bitcoin uh, loophole, and it was on Dragon's Den, which is like a sort of Shark Tank in the UK, and and I, I like so the lady put two hundred. Uh, pounds in and she made 180 pounds in, in three minutes and then some other guy made six grand i'm like don't do it mate it's a scam and, and then mm. i looked on the mm. internet and it was like they these people it seemed like these people had gone on managed to get onto dragon's den or shark tank equivalent and um get one of the i don't know how he got on there in the first place but get one of the investors to invest seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds oh. for 20 percent of the company and essentially, it was just a trading robot that was running on cryptocurrencies, and they'd made it sort of ultra simple, like you know, just put the money in and and um, say yes, buy the, you know, it was a done for you service, and um, you know, even even the even the sort of dra- you know dragons or sharks or whatever you call them, they were like going, oh yeah, this sounds great, and it was clearly a scam, and you know, it's like yeah, okay, you might make money some days, but other days you, you're going to lose money, or in the long term, you don't really know what's going to happen because you're essentially just trading cryptocurrency, um, right? And when they did it, I'm not too sure exact date, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was like during that bull run on Bitcoin and everything was going up pretty much, right? So right. It was like a no-brainer. But anyway, um, we digress. We we can talk about cryptos at a later stage. So what I want to find out next is. What what made, what do you think made you different? Other than the fact you spent so many years at the CME and literally had the sort of probably the the ideal um, runway to to becoming a a full time you know profitable trader. What what traits do you think you had, and what actions do you think you took that might be different from what everyone else out there is doing? And I suppose specifically, sort of what I'm interested to hear is like how you got from that you know after you that transition after you left the pit to moving to the charts and how you sort of established a strategy that you were happy to trade, which obviously would, would have been completely different from, from what you were doing before. Well, in the pit, the market profile was a tool that has always been part of my decision-making process. Um, in the pit, a lot of folks were scalpers. They were, they were working the bid and, and working the offer and you know if the business if it was busy enough you'd get hit on both at the same time and if you did that 200 times in a day you were making you know good money it was 25 dollars a tick in the pit so if you did that you know 200 times you do the math um that that niche as time went on as i was getting into the pit was kind of going towards um electronic trading after a while, so I we I mean I think everybody has to adapt. The markets are always changing, and one of the biggest changes, of course, was the advent of electronic trading. And as volume moved from pit to screen, there was less and less paper coming in, less and less scalping opportunities. So we had to look towards longer opportunities, longer time frames, with which to um, 
to operate in. So that's when the profile came in and a friend of mine, you know, kind of introduced me to it. Actually, my dad introduced me to it when I was in eighth grade. My dad was at the Board of Trade and, and Pete Stottlemyer was, you know, one of the one of the creators of the market profile and he was on the board of, uh, on the floor of the Board of Trade and he was a friend of my dad's. My, my dad was a, was a was a hedge manager for Ralston Purina. So he was always, you know, looking for ways to hedge you know, huge amounts of grain because Ralston Purina is a big producer of animal feeds here in the U.S. So he would talk to Pete Stylemeyer about the profile and he actually brought it home and he says, hey, you know, look at this. This is a, this guy named Pete on the trading floor is, is uh, talking about new ways to organize the market's information and take a look at this and look at this. I'm, I'm in eighth grade. The last thing I want to think about is <laughs> markets. But it didn't occur to me that now that's where I was and that tool was still available and a friend of mine reintroduced me to it, or it to me as the case may be, and it, uh, it, it immediately changed the way I was able to identify decent trade locations versus poor trade locations. And that's really the, the beginning of it. So the market profile is still hugely part of my, my everyday view of the marketplace it's just it organizes the market in a way that is visual i'm a very visual person i think many people are very visual people and and it's it's not it's not an indicator it's not going to tell you buy here and sell here but what it does for me is is it, is it helps me put the market in some sort of context and some sort of consistent context that i can then address the market in that context and hopefully find you know decent asymmetric opportunity. So the, op, the, the the thing hasn't really changed all that much. What did change is my dependence on volume um, and open interest. You know, if you, if you don't have an idea of what open interest it is, it's the, it's the, the outstanding number of contracts. So I buy one, you sell me one that creates a contract that is one in open interest. So viewing these markets as an auction, if the, if the market is consistently moving higher on higher volume with increasing open interest, that's a very healthy auction. And it's more likely to continue in that direction until volume starts to fall off and or open interest. Some of those longs start getting out and, and fewer people are in the market buying it in that direction. That's that's a sign. That's telling you, okay, this auction is now getting tired and maybe close to exhaustion. That's those are things that I that I account for each day, and you know, in each trade, because the open interest only comes out once a day. Comes out usually it's it's final on the CME bulletin around eight, nine thirty or ten o'clock in the morning, but it's. Not a tool that's going to give me trade locations, trades every day. What it does is it helps me put that consistent framework over the market, and that framework is what I use to address the the environment, if you will. Perfect. Um, it's funny. It sounds what you're saying sounds exactly like what my my own trading mentor talks to me about i mean that uses market profile talks about auctions um all this sort of stuff so really interesting there now from a from a sort of i suppose a psychological point of view i mean what do you think made has made you different from from you know other people that you know go right i'm gonna i'm gonna become a trader 
Well, if if you're going to be a trader, you have to be a little bit crazy. <laughs> and uh, so I definitely fit that. No, um, <laughs> when I started working for the a trading, the trading, the proprietary trading firm in Chicago here in about 1990, 91, they had a couple of guys that were on the payroll. They were trading psychologists and they kind of introduced me to the, to the whole idea that you know, up to that point, I, you know, I was beating myself up. I just thought that I was a horrible trader most of the time. And, and I didn't, it didn't occur to me that those feelings and those thoughts were going to be, you know, um, bleeding into my performance. Um, so they were the, really the ones that kind of said, Hey, you, you don't have to feel this way. You know, you can be a good trader. It's more of what's going on in your mind than your market knowledge. You know, you have to really believe that you deserve to make the kind of money that you can make doing this. Otherwise, you will never pay yourself that. It's one of the many lessons that these two taught me. Um, you know, uh, my self-esteem was always an issue. I didn't believe that I was ne necessarily worth what I was able to earn, so I had to find ways to give it back. They gave me a actionable things to do for that. Like, you know, I had to go, I had to go work out two hours a day, five days a week after the close every day I had to be over there and they had spies that would go and make sure that I was over there. Yeah. Um, I got in the best shape of my life. I felt really good about myself and it showed in my performance. Um, you know, another thing was I had to every month I had to, to spend at least a couple hours doing something for others, uh, coat drives, um, soup kitchens, um, just doing something for others. Okay. And, and that kind of gave me the humility and, and the gratitude. There were many trading psychologists that I had the, the, the benefit of working with over the years. And I think that if you are going to self mentor, I think that's a big part of it. You have to, you know, you have to read, you have to continually learn how the human mind works, uh, how basically we're kind of all set up to fail at this. Nobody likes to take a loss, so we go into avoidance. We'll, we'll hold on to a loss until it becomes so painful we have to get out of it. The other side of that coin, and everybody I think is kind of wired this way, is you know, if we're, if we're in a winning trade and we've already maybe established some losses, we've dealt with some pain, man, that $50 winner is going to feel real good, isn't it? But it doesn't really help you much when you're losing 200 a trade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So that's one of the things that in, in my personal performance coaching is one of the things we, the first thing I mention is, hey, don't feel bad. You're wired to fail at this. We got we to gotta figure out how we're going to change that wiring. We're going to change that mindset. We're going to learn how to take a loss. We're going to understand when the market is paying us, and we're, gonna un and we're going to learn how to be comfortable being uncomfortable, letting that market continue to pay us until we reach a, a reasonable and probable profit target. It's really the, the game is be right bigger than you're wrong and be right half the time, and you're going to be okay. Yeah, and it's um, I think like this is some of the the best psychological advice I think we've had on the show in a in a long time. So, guys, rewind that by about a minute and and listen to it probably three times over. I think. Um, I love the fact that you know they they got you down the soup kitchens and and uh, in the gym and that sort of thing to really build those muscles. That's fantastic. Now well, you know, and it, I am not a psychologist. All I bring is 
the benefit of the things that I've learned from the many that I've worked with. And I would, I would definitely be in a different place in my life had it not been for the ability to work with them. Yeah, because someone else had mentioned on the show ages ago that like it was a, you know, if you if you can if you can crack it as a trader, you'll essentially become a better person as a whole. It's not just about like you know being able to make money in the markets. It's about the fact that you actually become fundamentally a better human being. Um, and if you even if you don't make money, at least you're a better human being at the back end of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all part of the humility because. It, the minute you sit back on your laurels and you say, I am a good trader, I no longer have to do the work, I just know what the market's going to do, you've got a big drown, down draw coming. It has happened to me every time I have sat back on my laurels and lost that humility. The humility is a huge part of being able to remain in, to, to remain in this industry. If you think you're bigger than the market, the market is going to smack you down. That is the humility. You have to be grateful for the opportunity. You have to be grateful for everything that you've earned, and you have to be and you have to be grateful for everything you can earn even before you get it. And it all stems from I am not bigger than the market. I am just one person. I am I am just a, a, a fly in the wind here i'm just working on ways to to help myself stay in my best interest with everything that i do and that humility is paramount because without humility you can't see you can't hear all you hear is yourself and that's not going to work in this environment if you're a retail trader working a day job, what steps would you take to start earning income as a trader? Okay, this is a great question, and and I love this question because, you know, it it's not easy, but it it, it can be done. Nothing about trading is easy. My suggestion, if you're just getting into this, play, get a sim, play, figure out what products speak to you, play with the charts. Play with different um, tools. You know, look at look at volume profile. Read books. Re- read everything you can. Be careful. There's some garbage out there too. Um, but just get yourself immersed and be passionate about the markets, not trading. Okay. If you have a certain amount of time that you are able to trade with during the day, let's say. I can only trade from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. every day. You have to really be careful. You have to have a very solid strategy. You have to have a very solid framework, uh, okay, again, over the marketplace with which to address the environment because you're going to fall into, and uh, some of my coaching clients do fall into this, you know, I've only got three hours, so I better be doing something, right? So. You're like, okay, well, um, I'm not seeing anything that's you know part of my strategy, but I've got to do something. I've only got an hour and a half left, or I've only got an hour left, and I haven't done anything, so I'm not I'm not acting as a trader here. I'm not doing anything. 
So, you know, let me just look for something to try here. And then you try it and bam, oh, geez, well, that, that, that didn't work out so well. So now what? Well, now we've got a loss we're going to have to try and make up for the next day. The next day, if none of your, you know, signals show up, you're going to think, well, I got to make what I lost yesterday. So let's try this. And bam, oh, well, that didn't work either. Now we've got two losers. It is so important to consider yourself a risk manager and not, not necessarily a trader. If you're a trader, you're going to lend to trading even if the market is not in alignment with your strategy, even when there's no real genuine opportunity for you to look for those asymmetric opportunities. Asymmetric meaning lopsided, smaller risk, bigger rewards. So just be passionate about the markets. Be thinking about the markets when you're not, when you're not at work or or you know not at your station continue to learn all you can about how markets work um, continue to learn about yourself uh, the journal the journal that that um, uh, Brett Steenbarger talks about is is great yes most people take a look at a journal and they say well I bought it here and I sold it here and here was the profit and here was the loss and here's the here's the the, the setup or the reason I took this trade blah 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 that's the facts of the trade you can you can you can print that out the more important part of the journal is how did I feel you know was I in, in peak performance was this my was this you know was this a a an intuitive trade or was it an, an impulsive trade? Intuitive trade comes from knowledge and experience. Impulsive trades come from fear and emotion, FOMO. Did I take this trade? It was it in my best trade location or did I get in this trade early because I was afraid I was going to miss it to, be, to begin with? And then I get my stop hit really where I wanted to put it in and then the trade plays out without me. It's like getting smacked in the head twice. You really want to try and be patient and, and be a risk manager. Think risk first on everything that you do and be patient. It's going to take time. If, you, you know, if you're just getting into this and you have limited time to be available to be at your screen, make sure you are accounting for everything. Make sure you are taking care of your journal. Make sure you're continuing to learn. Make sure you continue to learn about yourself. Um, you know, there's, there's, there is a, a ton of information to help you. Um, you know, come to Top Step Trader. We have, we have a 14-day a, a trial with TS Trader, which is a great platform, easy, uh, easy execution, great charts. Spend some time there. Set up a complimentary performance coaching with me. We can start to take a kind of look at actionable things for you to kind of think about and do as you start to get into this. Um, you know, this is it is a, it is a profession, and you know it can be a really great, fun, profitable profession if you take the right steps. The journal, huge one of the one of the best ways to to, to speed your learning curve is to consistently be in touch with yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, all the changes that occur, getting in trades, in trades, getting out of trades. This is all very important information. And, you know, and it's, a, it's all about, again, accountability. You know, it's like building a habit or breaking down a habit. It has to be, it has to be, um, you know, thoughtful and, um, consistent and, and accountable uh, you know it's 
it doesn't have to be extremely complicated either. You know, I told you there's two things on my charts. Putting too many things on your charts is going to confuse and create, you know, cognitive dissonance. One mm. thing's going to be telling you buy it. The other thing's going to be telling you sell it. Then what do you do? Find a consistent way to look at the market as simply as possible. Trade to that. Look for the asymmetric opportunities. And if you can keep that metric at two to one, you can be profitable even if you're right four out of ten trades. Yeah. And look, I mean, I, I think the, the sort of the thing that I've taken away from there, like, you know, um, other than the, the answer to the question of, you know, just have a play, I think is a great sort of thing. You know, it's just have fun with it. Have a play. Don't take it so seriously initially. Just, you know, see what works, see what you can you can find. And then, like, journaling on your actual sort of thought process, your your sort of emotional state and that sort of stuff versus the actual um, nuts and bolts of what, what actually happened, which I think is something that I haven't been doing, um, which I should start doing from, from here on in. So thank you for that. Now, last question before we get into the quickfire round is, I mean, what what sort of um, what sort of fundament, fundamental analysis do you do on on the on your trading? Do you, do you take news into consideration at all, or anything like that? Um, I would have to say ninety percent of my analysis is is, is technical um, news. Um, you know, economic releases, I find them to be very, to be, to be very tricky, especially in the short time frame. Um, I, on the grain floor, there was always a, a saying that was, buy the rumor, sell the news. So uh, quite often when, uh, let's, let's call it EIA petroleum status report comes out and there's uh, a big, drop in crude stocks well price will knee jerk higher but then and then resolve lower okay so i find it very difficult to look at those news and those releases with any consistency in the day time frame i'm gonna let them play out and i'll look for opportunities as they play out but i don't really find them to be great opportunities with any consistency i've taken a lot of positions into a lot of economic information and i've had some wildly successful days and i've had some really bad days in the at the end i'm probably about even so i don't i don't want to play them i i know when they are i know that i'm that you know when i'm going to be out and when it's going to be okay to get back in um my fundamental information is more directly related to the product. It's the volume. It's the open interest. Um, you know, I consider those to be fundamental information. Um, you know, not not so much supply and demand fundamental information, but um, auction fundamental fundamental information. So yeah, I don't like to play the numbers. I don't like to. I don't like you know. Yeah, big opportunities, yeah. big risk too. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so so thinking about the price chart, I mean, what three things would you recommend a novice or intermediate trader educate themselves on? Okay, um, you want technical analysis. Yeah, you, you want to know what a what a uh, what a trend is, and you know what a ranging market is, what the difference is. Uh, you want to always um, 
learn to think risk first. You you want to learn how to take a loss um, and learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> Whether it's sitting waiting for a trade or in a trade that, that is going your way. I used to, I tell, I tell my, some of my coaching clients, if, if you're walking down the street and you see a $5 bill, are you going to pick it up? Well, of course you are. Now, what if I have you pay me 20 bucks and I, and I say right down the street is a $5 bill. Further down the street is a $50 bill. Maybe. <laughs> yep. You give me the 20, what are you going to do? This, are you uh, going to you're going to you're going to you know cover the loss or at least only lose 15 or you're even going to look for the 50 or are you going to walk past that 5 and grab that 50 if it's there? If not, well, you lost 20 bucks. But if it's there, you made 50. If you get there half the time and the 50s there, you're making money. You're sustainable. And when you're sustainable, you're buying time. And when you're buying time, you're gaining confidence. And when you're gaining confidence, hopefully you're remaining humble and continuing to educate yourself on how markets work and even more importantly, how you work. Yeah, so that's a great analogy. And I think, like, guys, listen to that again and think about it in the context of what what uh, John's actually telling you there. Great analogy um, in terms of placing a trade in a real life situation. Right, so let's let's go into the quick fire round. So, first question: How long did it take you to go from trading newbie to consistently profitable? Which time? Um, this the, well, both times. <laughs> um. It took two years for me to really kind of find any consistent profits at first. I don't think I was ever really profitable in the grains. It took a, it took probably a year, maybe a year and a half once I got into the pit to, to, to really kind of understand what it was going to take and who I had to be and all of those things. Um, Moving from from pit to screen, it was a whole other learning process. It took me a year on sim to really trust myself enough to um, start risking my own cash, my own money. Once I got there, I think I had done enough um, on sim, and I did a lot. I, you know, I was, uh, I do, I did probably more than most, and you know, and, and it, I don't think it's any judgment as to who did anything better as to how long you sit, you stay on sim. Um, I just chose to do that. Uh, and, you know, with the help of some, of a, another trading psychologist, um, actually it wasn't even a trading psychologist. He was just a psychologist. Uh, you know, after that year, I, I started off with some relative consistency and profitability and I've pretty much been profitable ever since we all happen that we all have drawdowns, but, um, there are those, I think, like Jim Dalton says, yeah, sim is great, but you've got to, you know, you have to get in the water to find out if you're really going to be able to do this. So mm. uh, I had been in the water for a long time. I stayed out of the water for, you know, maybe a little bit too long, according to some people, but it seemed to work for me. 
what's your mental approach to trading and do you have any special techniques you can share with us um mental uh yes i'm going to be well rested i am going to not be hung over or sick i am not going to be under duress from other emotional problems like wives um or dogs or somebody cutting me off sometimes anytime i feel venom in my veins uh, i need to, i know that i need to re- to release that before i engage um and if i i've gotten really good at understanding what the what venom in my veins feels like and and how it can sabotage me so i've gotten really good at being able to walk away and take my hand off the mouse and quiet that voice inside of my head that says what if mm. you know what if i was able to pull out of this you know little drawdown on the day here i had three losing trades well that's that sometimes is is a is a signal for me to say okay you're starting to get a little venom because nobody likes to take losses i get that but it's just part of the game it's only three losses so you need to talk yourself down before you move before you do anything maybe it's a walk around um you know maybe it's um you know a 10 minutes of of meditation just to just to let the let the venom go i just always want to make sure that that i'm feeling happy uh one of the one of the traders uh, one of the psychologists that i was working with at the at the, at the proprietary trading firm says you know you always look miserable when you're in the pit you never look happy even if you're making money you look miserable and and i think it's going to i think it's affecting your performance so what i want you to do is i want you to stand in the pit and then just keep a smile on your face even if it hurts keep a smile on your face um because you can start to feel better from the outside in and i thought you know who is this clown is he is he kidding me and people are going to look at me like i'm an idiot but i did it i gave it a try and you know it, it worked and i you know i tell my clients now it's you know happy traders are better traders if you're feeling crappy if you're if you're, if you have venom in your veins for anything it's not going to help you have to you have to let it go and maybe sometimes feel better from the outside in you know, think about it you're going out with your girlfriend or your wife you know, you're, you're, maybe you're going to a nice place, maybe you're not. But if you go out wearing torn-up jeans and a dirty T-shirt, you're going to feel different if you go out wearing nice slacks and a, and a, and a nice sport coat, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, you just you walk a little different, you, you feel a little different, people look at you a little different. Not that I give a shh crap whatever anybody thinks, pardon my French, but it's the way you feel about yourself. You, when you know you look good, you feel good, you know, yeah. and you know, it's not necessarily about how you look, it's how you feel. What's your favorite entry setup? <sighs> well, there's it's it's so dynamic. I mean, the, uh, a favorite entry setup last month may not be the same favorite entry setup this month um lately it's been uh with 
S and P's, especially with like, um, well, gold has been rangy, euro's been somewhat rangy, except for the last couple of days. But I've been finding some pretty decent uh, opportunities with the, the the setup we were talking about earlier. The open mm-hmm. away from settlement and the trade back to it. I think it's it's a cheap trade if you can get close to the you know close to the extreme, and you know, as long as that, as long as it keeps working its way down there, it gives me the confidence to stay in it. So, I'd have to say right now, it's that it's that that reversion to settlement trade that has been, you know, has been good to me lately. What strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades? This is a great question because it's so, again, a dynamic answer. Range trade. If I'm fading the extremes of a known range, I'm going to keep my expectations reasonable and I'm going to be taking trades that give me opportunities to sell near the high of the extreme or buy near the low of the extreme and then take that basically back near the center of the range or maybe the point of control, which is a market profile and volume profile term. Uh, but it's the it's the most visited price of the day. So I'm I'm basically taking trades where not a lot of trades have occurred, and then taking those trades back to the comfy little area where everybody wants to trade, which I find to be not the best trade place to trade. Actually, it, it's a better trade to get out, <laughs> better place to get out. Uh, What's your as far as oh, sorry, as far as, go tra- on. Far, as, far as trends are concerned, if that's my if that's my hypothesis that this trend is, is going to continue all day, I may not have a profit target. I may get out on the close. Oh, righty ho. Okay, cool. Um, and so or do, do you scale out of trades at all or anything like that? No, no. It, it's been a slippery slope for me, and I think people t- tend to do that way too early, especially if they're very short time frame traders, and here's why. Simply put, if I buy two and I have 10 tick stop, that's 20 ticks of risk. If I get out of the first one at five ticks and I get out of the second one at, at, at 10 ticks, I've made 15 ticks for 20 ticks of risk. Righty-ho. Yeah, that exactly exactly how it works. It's always that risk, isn't it? And you've got to win, you know, the risk to reward and, and win ratio sort of play, play into each other. Um, yeah. what, what, um, what's your recommended trading book? The book that... Um, that reintroduced me back to the market profile was is, was given to me by a friend of mine. His name's Arch. He was already a pretty successful trader. Saw me struggling and grabbed me outside the pit one day. And he took this book and he shoved it under my trading jacket, like a, like I was going to be smuggling something. And, and he whispered in my ear and he said, "Take this home, read the first hundred pages tonight." bring it back to me and then go get your own copy. And that book was called <laughs> mind over markets by James Dalton. And it is about the market profile, just as my dad was telling me when I was in eighth grade, but too young and dumb to listen. Um, what, what's, if there, if there was one thing you'd recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be? Why? And how could they go about mastering it? Learning how to take a loss. And how do you do that? How do you go about learning how to take a loss? Take losses. <laughs> no. 
no, I know it's not it's not quite that simple. One of the first things that uh, was said to me, my dad was on the on the board of trade floor, and that's where I started actually, you know, learning how to trade was on the board of trade floor. So I have my shiny new seat. My dad's walking me around the floor and we're seeing all his old buddies and they're like, Hey, great. Good job. You know, you're going to start trading for yourself. That's awesome. Every one of them looked at me and said, make sure you learn to take a loss. And to me, that was preposterous. I'm not here to take losses. Right. I'm here to, I'm here to make money. If you don't learn how to take a loss, you're going to be moving your stop you're going to be increasing your risk on trades just because you don't want to take the loss. We def- we default to, I'll just wait. I'll jump on my hands. I'll bang on the table. I'll hold my breath. I'll, 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 I'll sit on, I'll stand on my head. I'll do whatever it takes to move this market back away from a, from a loss to me. And that, that inability to just take the loss is I think one of the one of the I mean obviously one of the reasons so many people fail at this because you know how do we take a loss? Well, we have to trade technically close to to prices that tell us that this that if price gets here, this trade is no longer valid. Quite simply put, if I'm in a range trade and I know the extreme high and the extreme low of that range. If the market extends that range, it may be telling me, hey, something's changing. Get out. It could be five ticks. could be eight ticks. You don't have to pay a lot in those regards. They're cheap trades. If the market gets near that extreme and fails to extend and you're short there, guess what? You're going to be catching the ride to the downside. If it does go against you, you, you know if this if this range is extended, something may be different, and the and now the trade is invalid. If it fails to break out, you can get back in, and you're still cheap. Look for cheap trades. Look for opportunities where the market has not spent a lot of time, and trade close to those, or where the market has not spent a lot of volume, and trade close to those. What's your preferred broker and trading platform? Uh, I like the TS Trader. Uh, the TS Trader is is our our top step trader platform. Uh, you know, great order entry, uh, great um, charts, very flexible, great tools on it. Uh, it is you know available uh, web based. It's desktop. It's phone app. It's basically you know um, white labeled Trade of Eight. Uh, and you know, I really like the platform. Really happy that uh, that we have it. And if you're interested in, you know, checking it out, we do have a 14 day trial. You you can use the TS Trader to see how you like it. Um, I think a lot of folks in the in the program are really enjoying it, and and uh, you'll see examples of it on the. Uh, market forecast on Facebook Live again, eight fifteen a.m. Central Time, and and also on the recap. Um, yeah, it's it's quickly become uh, a, a favorite of mine. What's the worst trade you've ever had? Uh, I had a I had a a, a ten lot in the S and P's. Now this is before the split, so there were twenty ticks per handle, twenty five dollars per tick. Um, I traded with a guy, you know, wrote it down, got out of the trade. 
Um, the trade never got checked. So I came in the next morning and what was, you know, probably a, a, a $5,000 winner. No, he didn't know the other side of it. So now I'm faced with a $75,000 loser on the open. Well, <laughs> so I, the market opens, I take my licking and by the end of the day, you know, that market had gotten, had gone all the way back down to where I would have been able to scratch that trade. <sighs> Nothing worse. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if I would have said, I'm not going to get out of this, I'm going to wait till the end of the day, the market would have just kept going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you would have just been destroyed. Yep. Yep. So I did what I knew was the right thing to do. I took my licking and, you know, I, you know, it took me a little while to earn that back, but we got it done. Okay. Last question of the quick fire round. So if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Hmm. Yeah. Have fun. Enjoy your passion for trading. Not your pa- not your passion for trading. Enjoy your passion for markets. I like the way Brett Steinbarger said that. Okay. Enjoy your passion for markets. It can be it can be a, a lot of fun. It's a lot it's a lot more fun when you're profitable. Do the things you need to do to to you know look for that consistency in framework over the market, consistency in how you address that framework in that environment and and you know have fun um if it's not fun you 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 know if you're like me if it's not fun i'm probably not going to do it (laughs) uh you know i enjoy this i enjoy the challenge of trading i enjoy um you know of course the money i can make but i i just enjoy the the engagement with the trading community in this regard even though i may be at home alone there's you know thousands of people that are looking at this how am i going to how am i going to beat them how am i going to figure out you know in what time frame they are over positioned how am i going to find this how it's just fascinating to me and you know i mentioned at the beginning of this i started out as an artist and i think that's been a real blessing to me because you know if you're only using one side of your brain you're missing half the picture you know yeah, the analytics side, yeah, great. You know, quantitative, great. There's a qualitative side to this as well, and you need to be able to recognize um, patterns, of course. You know, there's always that. The the profile is visual to me. That uses the the kind of um, um, qualitative side of the brain. Uh, but you do, you have to be flexible. You have to be accepting of information that may be contrary to what you originally thought. You have to take a look at all the nuances and all the things that the market is telling you and, and, and then be able to creatively stack, which is most important at the top of the list. If it's a, if it's, if there's something that's changing, that's contrary to your position, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to be able to say, well, you know, this isn't really working out. I'm going to get out of this. Well, what if it ends up working out in your favor? Are you going to cry about it? No, you can't cry about it. Just have fun. People tend to place way too much um, weight on each trade 
um, you know, there's, I, I, I call them, I don't know if you've ever read the book of Mice and Men. Yes, I have actually. Okay. There, there are people that I call Lenny traders. Lenny was the character that loved the little furry animals, but he'd keep them in his pocket and pet them till he killed them. Yeah, I remember that now. Okay. That a long time ago. That's what people do to their trading and to their accounts and to even each trade. They overmanage the trade. They put too much weight on each trade. You know, this, this next trade you take isn't going to be your last. And That's great advice. To, f- to finish off with something my dad told me, but I think he actually stole this from Winston Churchill. Success is never final. Failure is never fatal. Just keep moving on. Just keep moving on. Keep learning. Keep, just keep working on it. Yeah, it's all good advice. And look, I've got to say, this has probably been one of the best episodes we've had on the show um, ever, and I've done a lot of interviews. Um, so hat, my hat's off to you, John. This has been absolutely fantastic. The last question of the show though is we'd like you to give us the bones of a full trading strategy entry setup stop loss take profit targets market time frame something our listeners can try it at home what have you got for us there john well i think i gave everybody already kind of a good idea at looking at what happens in the overnight and then and then understanding who the participants are in the overnight now you know our overnight is your daytime I'm talking about regular U.S. trading hours. What happens outside of that? It's it's 5.17 p.m. here now. The markets have just opened up. Between now and 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, what have the, the overnight traders, which are generally weaker money, doing? Have they taken, let's say, crude oil consistently higher throughout the overnight? If they have... Make the assumption, okay, and it's a relatively fair assumption, that they're holding long positions. They've been accumulating long positions overnight. At 8 a.m. Central Time, when the regular U.S. trading hours open here, they're going to be looking for new buying, new business to perpetuate their longs in their favor. If those new, if that new business does not arrive or actually drives the market the other direction, you're going to see a whole bunch of short time frame weak money traders bailing out and taking that market right back to settlement. It happened today. So first thing, tomorrow, whatever, whatever time it is, wherever you are, know when the U.S., Market opens. It's eight thirty central for the E mini S and P's. It's seven twenty for gold in the euro. Any of those products, would you, if you see the market moving away from from last night's settlement, from today's settlement price, you can make the assumption that hey, there are short time frame weaker monies, money traders holding positions in this direction. Even even just watch. Just watch it for a few days or a few weeks. How about even going back? Look at how this has played out, possibly in your favor, how many times in the last 10, 20, 30 trading days. Take a look at it. Take a look at it. And, I, you know, and you know, me telling everybody this is just decreasing the, the probability that it's going to continue to work for me. 
but there's enough traders out there that are going to be holding these positions and bailing out. So look for that overnight positioning. And if you suspect they're long or short, watch. Watch what happens. Take a look at when the, when the market opens away from the previous day's settlement. How many days does the market go back and test the previous day's settlement? That's, that'll, be a good, that'll be a good homework for everybody. Check it out. Cool. Nice. Very good. Now, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you? Okay. Well, um, we have a fantastic support team. The, the phone number and the email are right on the website. Uh, I'm sure you're going to be you know, providing the website for everybody. So check out what we've got to offer. Um, make sure if you're interested in the market forecast or the market recap, again, that's, that's on Facebook Live every morning at 8:15 a.m. central time the the recap is 8 is at 2 o'clock p.m. central time uh, i always welcome questions and comments in the comments just like it if you're there just want to know that you're there you can always say hello whatever it is um, and as far as the performance coaching you can always check with their with our again fantastic support team. The performance coaching is 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 noted at the bottom of the um, of the learn how page. Um, but if you have any questions finding it, uh, you know I do have limited time available for complimentary performance coaching. I look, look forward to hearing from anybody. I I can pretty much talk about trading constantly. As if you couldn't tell, we've been at this for a while, so. <laughs> Um, uh, but again, you know, uh, check out the Facebook live stuff, 815 central in the morning, our time. I, it's uh, the, uh, the whole time difference thing is a, is a, is a challenge for me sometimes. So, um, but yeah, you know, uh, check out the website, check out our offering again. You know, if you're, if you're new at this, this is a safe place for you to develop. It's also a place for you to develop with a little skin in the game. Uh, people that trade sim usually find it a lot easier than when there's accountability and and that little bit of skin in the game. Not the kind of skin in the game where you have to risk your own risk capital. That's that I think is is you know is is brutal for a lot of a lot of folks. I talked to a lot of people who lost a lot of their own money before they realized what they were getting themselves into. You never know what you don't know, so take your time and build your strategy here. Have the, that little bit of skin in the game. Have the accountability. Have the help that we have for you. There's oodles of information on our YouTube page. We've got a lot of videos coming out all the time. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, we have the uh, the uh, Brett Steenbarger um, podcast that just came out. There's lots of information for you to to uh, to get to know trading here. So. It's what we want to do. We want to provide a safe place for people to, you know, uh, to get their strategy together to, to really kind of find their dream in trading. And I think we're we're well on our way, and we're doing a good job of it. So we'll look forward to seeing you there. Brilliant. Look, a big thank you to John for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all those links, are going to be in the show notes to find them. Simply search for John in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success.
All right, folks, hope you enjoyed that interview with John. Now, to find out more about John's outfit, Top Step Trader, and to hear how you can actually get started trading without a brokerage um, account, avoiding the broker, and also, I suppose, getting yourself funded as well at the same time. So if you're like a newbie starting out, want to cut your teeth and don't want to invest funds, or if you um, don't have any funds to invest, or if you're on that cusp of becoming profitable and you feel like you just need somebody else to fund you, or you're actually doing all right, you know, you're making money, but you need a bit more cash to, to really accelerate your growth, then do check out the webinar that... John's colleague Kevin will be running with me next week, uh, tradingnut.com forward slash top step to register. Uh, looking forward to hearing what they've got to say and being on the webinar and catching up with some of you guys uh, on air as well. Now, if you're listening to this after the webinar airs, then check out the link anyway because there might be the replay there and you can check that out as well. Now, last but not least, uh, if you're looking to automate some of what you do, if you've got a strategy that you'd like coded but you don't really um, want to invest in a, in a full-time coder, uh, or if you just want to have something running in the background while you focus on your manual trading, then check out the Trading Nut Gold membership where you can get access to the uh, one trading robot, one new trading robot every single month and you also get the 52 traders archive as well which is, includes show notes interviews with over 120 um, top traders so one new trading robot a month and you get the archive access as well and there's other things in there as well like q a sessions and, and what have you so chat room um, where you can meet some of the traders that have been on the show there's a whole bunch of stuff there guys head over we've got a special offer this month so check it out jump on there before the end of september 2018 for the special offer it's introductory once the month ends it's going to change so guys check that out now it's at tradingnut.com all right see you next week check the show notes as well for links and do be sure to leave a review of the show really appreciate any reviews and subscribe on itunes or whatever device you listen on when you get a chance all right guys see you then bye